The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much, maybe it's just you're not enough for me. I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from queer, kinky, sober leatherman, A.C. Lobo. Well, it's Thanksgiving week, and if you don't live in the U.S., that's the week we eat too much and talk a lot about being grateful. But I'm having a hard time with that this week, and I apologize in advance. I'm usually really overzealous about being grateful, about saying please and thank you all the time. But right now, all I kind of want to say is fuck you. And that fuck you is not for you. I'm going to talk about something I don't talk about because it feels like as a storyteller, it's pretty obvious you should talk about what's going on in your life. And I've made a point of not really talking about what's been going on for the past six months because who the fuck wants to hear me bitch about my breakup but something happened last night that kind of turned it around for me i got a text from my ex last night he's traveling for work and he informed me that when he got back from travel he wanted my wedding ring back if i'm not in a relationship do i want my wedding ring but at the same time i feel like i have one thing that shows that I was in a relationship for 12 years and that's it. Do I just give it away? Do I just pretend none of it happened? And I don't talk about this stuff because, well, this is dumb, but I'm going to tell you anyway. When my ex broke up with me, when he sat me down to tell me he does not love me anymore and he doesn't want to be with me anymore and Then I proceeded to let him go off for three hours telling me what a terrible person I am. It started chronologically at first, you know, in 2009, here's the thing you did. And then last week you did this. And then in 2015, you did this. And I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck is happening? The only time he got emotional during the entire thing was when he burst into tears and said, I don't want the body army to hate me. And I went, the body army? I guess he was referring to the Jefferson Berge song called The Mammarian, where Jefferson refers to the audience as Dixie's horny little army. I mean, it's army. That's the only reason I can think of why he used that word. But that's the only time he got emotional during the whole thing. And so I have not talked about this because, I mean... Nobody cares, right? But I have this one thing that he gave me to show me that he loved me. 
so I'm not sure what to do. I couldn't sleep last night, and when I woke up this morning, I thought of something that I tell my storytellers all the time. When people are unsure of themselves, when they're not sure the story really belongs to them, that some other people in the stories might have different takes on it, I usually respond with my favorite Anne Lamott quote, which is, you own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. So yeah, I'm talking about it and I'm feeling guilty about it, but I'm talking about it. I'd love for you to email me and tell me what I should do because I'm really conflicted right now. But I'm trying to get back to that gratitude place. Forgive me for talking about this on Thanksgiving week. I appreciate you so much. I am so, this morning I woke up and I went, here's how I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to grab a journal because I've always got an extra journal because I love paper and I'm going to start a new gratitude journal today and I'm going to talk about how lucky I am. Yes, I'm going through a nasty breakup, but I also did just get like 80 invitations to Thanksgiving dinner that start as early as Tuesday and continue on to like Saturday or Sunday. I mean, I'm really lucky to have people all over the United States and some in other countries who were like, I would love nothing more than to sit at a Thanksgiving table with you and listen to your stories and have you educate my parents. People always want me to teach their parents that there are people like me in the world. That you can be yourself in front of my kids because I want my kids to learn that sex positivity is nothing to be afraid of. I want to talk story with you. I want to share a meal with you. I want to say thank you to you. And that's going in the gratitude journal. But first, (laughs) I'm just going to kind of sink into my fuck you for a little while before I get to my thank you. The honest thank you that I can give you is this one. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for your emails and your sweet words on social media. And thank you for being part of my family, because this week is about family. And I do consider you that. I hope when you sit down with yours, that things go so well. This is the first in-person thing a lot of people are doing. I hope your travel is safe. And I hope your family is more open-minded than they were two years ago. Let's all hope for that. Here's the thing I'm grateful for. This year, I got a Helix mattress, and it's the best mattress I've ever had. Everybody's sleep style is unique, and Helix knows that. So they make it easy to figure out the right mattress for you. Helix Sleep has this quiz that takes just two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses, mattresses for cooling you down if you sleep hot. I took the Helix quiz, and I was matched with the Helix Plus for plus-size sleepers. It's a huge upgrade over my old mattress. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. The mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up from you if you don't love it. Just go to helixsleep.com Dixie, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. 
And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for body storytelling listeners at helixsleep.com slash Dixie. Helix gets my highest recommendation. I love my Helix mattress. So go to H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash Dixie right now for up to $200 off and two free pillows. Forget Black Friday this year. Do you really want to get up before dawn to get into a fist fight with a rabid consumer? There's a better idea. Support your favorite small business by donating this same week. It's called Giving Tuesday. I'd like to propose that instead of spending money on Amazon or down at the mall, you support body storytelling, even if it's just for this one day, Giving Tuesday. Body could really use your help this holiday season. I'm coming up on two years of being unable to earn an income through live events during the pandemic, and live shows have been my main source of income for years. Nonetheless, you're still listening to this award-winning podcast, which has never paused or hiccuped in all this time. We've just passed 200 episodes, and keeping this thing going has been the hardest thing I've done during COVID, so I'm making a special fundraising plea this week. Y'all, the pandemic has kicked my ass financially, and I'm not giving up yet. If you want to say thank you to me and the team for more than five years of weekly podcast episodes, the best live streams of lockdown and nearly 15 years of live shows, choose us over a big fat corporation. If you've been on the fence about supporting us on Patreon, I've got a special offer for new Patreon supporters right now. Join Body's Patreon at the $10 a month or higher level, and not long after, you're going to get a handwritten thank you card from me. It'll include limited edition stickers, a link to more than a year's worth of live stream replays, and a special golden key to our private Patreon community. Yep, all the inspiration you'll need to make 2022 the year that you make your own wildly adventurous dreams come true. If you love Body Storytelling and you want us to continue, Give generously right now in whatever way you can. I'll include a link in the show notes to my Venmo, PayPal, my Buy Me a Coffee, Cash App, and patreon.com slash body is my Patreon. It's all in this episode's show notes. And thank you for your support. It's time for a story. You've heard him before on the Body Storytelling Podcast. He was episode 73, Addicted. And yes, it does have the word dick in the middle. And I invited him back recently for that brief second when we thought the pandemic was over this past July. I invited him to be on stage in San Francisco, and he was so thrilled to be back with a second story on the body stage. You know he got a standing ovation. And he loves that he's gonna be on the podcast for a second time too, two for two. Here's our storyteller. AC Lobo is a Chicano, queer, sex positive, kinky, sober Leatherman who has called San Francisco home for the last 17 years. You can check out his IG and Twitter. It is definitely peep worthy. And you'll see a link to that in the show notes. This storyteller is AC Lobo. I mean, I kind of love a dirty condom. I asked Dixie if she had magnums, but all I had was this. So, 
I'm approaching the third hour of getting my asshole absolutely destroyed by two huge cocks. A couple of hot daddies, right? First one dick, then the second, then back to the first, then the second again. It's dick, 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 dick in my hole. And I'm fucking folded in half, and I'm a big fucking dude, so I'm struggling to breathe, right? And in that moment, I thought to myself, self, I fucking miss the lockdown. I miss being home alone, on the couch, not folded in half, asshole intact, not struggling to breathe. The pandemic was fucking terrible. It was frightening, it was traumatic. Nobody had the context for that shit. None of us were ready and we all went through it together. Um, it was terrifying and, and especially in the beginning, uh, every day it felt like there was worse and worse news. People were dying. People were losing their livelihood. Um, you know, businesses were shutting down. We couldn't see our friends, we couldn't see our family. The gym closed. And I know that might not seem like a big deal to a lot of you, but for someone like me who struggled with body image, body dysmorphia, feelings of not being enough, not being muscular enough to be gay, all this shit, right? All these external pressures, those voices in my head. The, the gym was really a place that kind of helped to mitigate that and quiet those voices. So it was kind of devastating for me. And I tried it all. I tried working out at home. I tried going to the fucking park with those stretchy bands, doing squats, all that shit, right? It, I just couldn't get into it. And then I tried sitting on the couch watching Netflix and eating ice cream, and I super got into that, right? Um, the thing that made uh, the pandemic a little more bearable um, was the fact that I was in a relationship. Um, I had been in a relationship for about six months previous to the pandemic with my partner, Joe. And uh, Joe is this cute little 5'5", five five, really muscular, looks like Popeye. He's from Pennsylvania, so he says things like water instead of water. Um, and uh, he was there, and he held my hand, and he said it would be okay. And, it, you know, going through something scary is just a little less scary when someone's there next to you, right? Um, and we had been friends for a really long time, and we became lovers, and, and, and we were in this, you know, kind of heavy S&M, daddy-boy relationship, and it was all really intense, and there was lots of emotions and feelings, and it was perfect, right? So that made it all the more difficult when in December uh, of 2020, about a week before Christmas, Joe dumped me um, via text message. Oh. oh, sorry, it was FaceTime, that's Joe. Um, <laughs> I stand corrected. Uh, it was via FaceTime. But, um, and obviously we're great friends still, and we've worked through the hows and wires and whys, and I'm good. But in the moment, it was really fucking devastating. And in a moment that it was already, uh, you know, really scary time, I felt alone. And he was the person that I usually went to when shit, the hit, shit hit the fan. He would talk me off the ledge. And I didn't have that anymore, because he was gone. Other than that, I usually would just get busy with friends or with hooking up with good dudes online, right? Because it feels good and it's distracting. I don't know how healthy it is, but that's another story. Um, but I didn't have any of that because the pandemic took all that away. And uh, you know, it, for a while I shut down and it just took me a minute to kind of recalibrate and really realize that I was alone. Yeah, but so was everybody else. Everybody else felt alone. Everybody else was scared. So I decided to lean into that solitude, you know? And uh, I decided to get off online, none of the apps, none of the hookup things that I was doing before because I really wanted to protect my health and follow the CDC guidelines, right? So I said, I'm not gonna hook up until I get fully vaccinated. And that's what I did. 
So when I got fully vaccinated, I thought, you know, it's been several months. I'm, you know, ready to get back out there. So I get online, right? And almost immediately I see somebody that I had hooked up with before. And I don't remember his name, to be honest with you, but I remember his handle and his, his profile name was girth for you and it was for me, I promise you it was for me. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna invite this guy over. So I get ready and I'm like, it would be so fucking hot if I leave my door unlocked, I can buzz him in, I'll be waiting on the bed on all fours, fucking looped up, blindfolded, it's gonna be amazing. So that's what I did. So I, he gets there, he rings the doorbell, I buzz him in and I run back to my bed and I get on all fours. And then he, bu- he rings the doorbell again. And I'm like, all right. So I go back, I buzz it in, I, ring, and I run back to the bed, get on all fours. By the third time he rings the doorbell, I realize my fucking buzzer is broken. And mind you, I am blindfolded, naked, greased up like a pig at a county fair at this point, running around trying to put shorts on, get downstairs to the door. By the time I get there, girth is gone. Was not for me. so you have to understand that I had literally just crawled across the fucking dick desert, right? I have no sex for a long time. I was not gonna be easily dissuaded. So I got back online and I met the guys that I call the daddies, right? Now the daddies were the super hot kind of 80s Castro leather guy throwbacks. Uh, Matt and Hank were their names, right? And they were saying all the right things. Come over, we wanna fuck you for hours. We're both big dick tops. And again, famine. I was ready for the feast. I put the fucking bib on and I hit the road. So I go to their house and, and you know, people talk a big game online, but these guys were legit. Like they fucked me for, you know, they fucked me on my back on all, on all fours. They fucked me in the sling. It was a real fucking, it was just a dick festival, right? So they're fucking me. It's fantastic. First hour is great. I haven't had this in a long time. I'm super excited. The second hour, it starts to get a little bit painful. I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I can take this. And listen, I'm not a stranger to pain. I'm into s and I don't know if you guys can see this. I've got some scars from the play. For the right person in the right situation, I like pain, but they were fucking me just bam, 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 bam. And I just had, I was out of practice, I guess, right? But my ego and all those voices that, you know, that were triggered in my head of, you're not good enough, you thought you were a good bottom and now you can't even take the dick, blah, all that shit was in my head. And it wouldn't let me ask for like a break or any of that stuff. So as we approach, you know, we get to the third hour, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Finally they come, right? And I think, great. I made it through, they're happy, I'm happy, I saved face. It was a great foray back into the, you know, the sex world. So I'm getting ready to leave and they go, you know, we had a great time and tomorrow we have another big dick top buddy that's coming over and we told them about you, can you come back? And in my head I'm like, holy fuck. There is no way my girl can take that, right? But what I said was, I'd love to. <laughs> So I leave, I head back down to the Castro, down to Harvey's to get a bite to eat, because, you know, like a good bottom, I hadn't eaten since like 7 a.m. I ran into my neighbor, Stefan, who is younger, in his 30s, white guy, he does porn, he's an OnlyFans, total dick pic, that whole thing, right? So I tell him the story, because I know he'll appreciate it. And then it hit me. Stefan would be the perfect relief bottom to bring with me, so I wouldn't have to take all of the dick. So I asked him if he wanted to come. Of course he said yes. I texted the daddies. They said, fuck yes. 
I had a great night's sleep. I was super excited, right? Because I get to save face. I don't have to take all the dick. My holes gets a little chance to repair itself. The next morning, I get up to a text message from Stefan. It was about two hours before I was supposed to be there. Something came up with work. I can't go. And I'm fucking sweating bullets at this point because I'm like, I don't think I can take it. But I can't say no. What am I going to do? So I, I decide to go. So I go to the uh, parking lot of the uh, apartment complex and I see a guy getting out of his car spraying Banaka in his mouth. I'm like, that's gotta be Tom. <laughs> and I know that I said my whole heart. But when I saw Tom, it just didn't hurt that much anymore, right? <laughs> Tom. Uh, looked like a cult model, a big porn model. He was 6'2", really muscular, and he looked like he was packing a fucking bat in his pants. So I introduced myself, we strolled in, we went to the apartment, and we all started playing. However, this time, again, my eyes were much bigger than my hole, and it didn't take much time for me to get to the point where I was just like, I don't know if I can take this. Tom must have seen that on my face because he kind of quietly said to the couple, Matt and Hank, he's like, you know, guys, I'm actually versatile and I feel like getting fucked today. <sighs> so here's Tom, like some fucking fairy god bottom coming in to save the day, right? He's on all fours, taking all the dick again and I fucking get a reprieve. You know, this also set uh, you know, a chain of, uh, of events in my head where I realized, you know what, it's fine. It's fine that I can't take the dick. It's fine, I don't have to be the world's most longest marathon bottom. It's cool, like I can just say what I need and it doesn't mean that I'm not good enough and all those things that are in my head, right? Yeah. So, you know, I enjoy myself, I watch them fuck. I actually fucked Tom a little bit, because uh, she's versed. Um, and uh, and I, I had a good time, then I excused myself and I went home, you know, and I left there feeling really, really good. Not only physically, but also it just like, because the, here's the thing, during the pandemic it was this thing of like, am I gonna make it? Am I gonna survive? Is anybody that I know and love going to get sick and die? Like, are we ever gonna get back to normal? You know, and this was just one of those moments of joy that it was like, yeah, we fucking made it. We get to fucking see our friends. We get to hug our family. We can fucking come to body storytelling and be a community together, right? We can hook up online with random big dick daddies and get fucked for hours. If we want to, if not, it's fine. There's no value judgment, it's fine. Um, and it, it really kind of cemented the idea. I've heard people talk about the world really is healing. And thanks to Tom, so is my whole.
That song was Be My Daddy by Lana Del Rey. Well, that's our time for this week. If you would subscribe, rate, and especially review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, it would do my heart so good. And I also want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Mosa Maxwell-Smith, David Grossoff, Joe Moore, Donald Mooney, and podcast producer Marty Garcia. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 202 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.